Hey there everyone, this is Dan Figella here with Tech Emergence where we interview entrepreneurs, investors, and researchers in the domain of emerging technology. We've had some great marketers on the show. We've had Emerson Sparks, we've had Neil Patel, some folks I like to learn from personally. And today we have Mr. Moz himself. I have the founder of Moz, Mr. Rand Fishkin, on the line right now. We're going to be talking about what was SEO, what is content marketing, and how it can work for you. Mr. Rand, how are you today, brother? Very well. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yes, indeed. Glad to have you on. You know, um, you guys, not all that long ago, now I couldn't put a finger on the date, but you dropped SEO from Moz. Many folks who've been following you for a long time know that SEO Moz was the name of the company for a little while. And and uh, as we were talking off mic, this is kind of indicative of a bigger shift in trend in what searches, what rankings mean, how they're retained. Um, how do you see that transition going down, and what did that kind of dropping of SEO really mean for you guys? Yeah, so I, I want to be really clear, right? Like, Moz dropping SEO from its name had nothing to do with SEO dying or going away or some um, big fundamental shift in SEO, although there have been many. Yep. Uh, it was really about us saying, hey, we want to be able to do things that aren't just SEO. In that category. And yeah. that's going to be really challenging to do if our name includes SEO moms, right? So we bought a yeah. company called Follower Wonk. We bought Get Listed. Um, we've been expanding into you know, brand tracking and, and content marketing tools and all, all this other kind of stuff, social media tools. Yep. And it's hard to do those things and call yourself SEO moms. <sighs> so we're trying to give ourselves a little bit bigger of a brand so that we could have other brand associations outside of purely SEO. Big that time. being said, SEO is still you know, 80% plus of our focus here. Um, it's what the vast majority of our software does. It's what the vast majority of you know, this whole Those team Those folks back does. there, yeah, yeah, they're cranking away on it. Yeah, it, absolutely. So while we wanted to prepare for a broader future for the company, um, our brand name change has really very little to do with, with SEO. Uh, changing or going away. In fact, um, our you know we try and measure the market for SEO, uh, at least in the English-speaking world, on a regular basis. And the last um, large-scale uh, survey we did had a had a very high statistical confidence and uh, showed uh, over just overwhelming growth, like unbelievable growth in the number of people who say that they do some activities around SEO or that they care about getting organic search traffic and are working on ways to improve and optimize that. So Got SEO it. is going nowhere except up. Yeah, oh no, certainly. And, and uh, maybe maybe I'm, I'm leaning into the wrong tune here like, SEO is gone, man. It's all about having a cool YouTube channel. You know, I, I think when I had read the, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's some easy ways to prove that wrong. Um, when I had seen, when I had seen the name change, at least on the site, it said something about, you know, not only the offerings that you guys have, but also sort of what, you know, search really means and, and, and the, the implications of all the various factors involved and maybe how the game has changed. Yeah. I think, I think we're all, you know, some of us remember the days where you could do some keyword stuffy ish type stuff and get away with some stuff and it's moving sort of the tide is, is, uh, turning into many sides, at least on, on your site there, I've, I've seen sort of a lot of speak to those old school SEO kind of tactical stuff and, and more what SEO is now. Not that SEO doesn't exist, but that, you know, stuffing, you know, cat food into every invisible line of your of your website will no longer get you ranked for cat food. That took me right out of the cat food business, I'll tell you what. And, uh, you know, and, and now we're into a little bit of a, you know, different paradigm. We have been shifting for a while. Um, how, how do you see that and how do you think it's important for folks to make that mental shift, especially if they're from the old game? 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you still have Dan's uh, great cat food for sale.info. I do. Uh, no, I you're right. Yeah, I that's... spend a lot of my day on your website there. I appreciate I really that. Yeah. I appreciate what you've done for the cat food business. I, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> but, somebody cares. Yeah, you're, so you're absolutely right. The, I think the challenge is those, those techniques and tactics, I mean, that kind of old school um, manipulative stuff, that has been extremely hard to do and nearly dead uh, for a decade. And granted, you know, very smart people who manipulate uh, search engines and manipulate Google, like they, they have found ways to continue to exist and yep, to they sure have. Uh, do things that, you know, stay a little bit ahead of the curve. But they're in a constantly dying business. And, and what I mean by that is um, the philosophy there is really churn and burn. You know, so start new websites six to nine months later. They get burned after, you know, the tactics that you yep, used yep. to rank for a little while get discovered and found out. You might have a year or two of success on, like, one lucky site like that. But it's an insane amount of work to try and do that type of, you know, manipulative SEO, which I, I think you'd just call web spam. Right. So yep. operating in web spam is um, a very temporary business model. Now, what mo the vast majority of people who do SEO and do web marketing are interested in is driving relevant search traffic to their site for a, a long time, right? Building a big brand that can continue to rank well in Google that sort of turns that flywheel and earns traffic again and again. Uh, and that's the kind of SEO that Moz has always sort of supported and endorsed and built tools for. Yep. Um, and I'm always fascinated by what kind of the you know, black hat, gray hat, web spam world is doing because I think they expose a lot of intricacies of Google's ranking this algorithms. True. Uh, but, you know, we've been moving away from that for a long time. What, what has recently happened that I think is very different from just the move away from web spam right. is that SEO itself has become a more connected practice. What I mean by that is it's very hard to do high-quality SEO without doing high-quality social media marketing, high-quality content marketing, high-quality email marketing, high-quality brand marketing, high-quality uh, outreach, high-quality uh, conversion rate optimization. Hmm. All of these practices, designing UX, speed, uh, accessibility, you name it, all of these practices are becoming deeply, deeply embedded. Right? It's... If you want to be successful at a mobile strategy, you have to be uh, successful with search because search is the primary web use of mobile devices. If you want to be great at um, design and UX, you better make sure you're designing for both bots and humans in a successful way and that you're doing a great job of designing for visitors from search since search is usually 40 to 60% plus of a site's traffic. Um, so the, these practices are intimately and innately connected today in a way that wasn't true, say, five or six years ago. Got it. Um, so I, this is the stuff I like. I mean, I obviously dig stuff that, you know, the founders are tuned in, the marketers tuned in will uh, will want to be able to kind of sink their teeth into. In terms of how you see that actionably playing out, it's like, okay, man, I really got to get more, you know, I can see somebody right now, like, shucks, I knew we had to turn that Twitter account on and do something yeah. with that darn thing. Um, you know, in terms of where to start with how integrated that is, some people have a MailChimp account and, you know, they somewhat use it. They have a Twitter account, a Facebook page that's dead, and, of course, they have a site. Um, you know, in terms of selecting those those social aspects, the content marketing aspects that a newer company might want to kick in with, knowing we have a lot of founders probably tuned in, um, where would we get going with that massively interconnected kind of a practice that it is today? I like starting with your strengths and marrying them to your opportunities. Got it. So if you say to me, 
hey, Rand, I'm in a business where you know, very little of my audience is on social. And I'm not a great social marketer, right? I'm not great at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and you know, this kind of stuff. I would say, okay, that's, that's fair. That's all right. Maybe your strengths and your opportunities are not in connecting social and search. But your visitors are almost certainly, or your customers and potential customers and influencers of potential customers are almost certainly uh, performing searches to find businesses like yours or find answers to problems around your space. And that's an opportunity for them to discover you. How else are they uh, connecting with those types of issues? Is it through trade publications? Is it through conferences? Are they subscribing to email lists? Are they reading blogs and websites? Are they uh, paying attention to traditional media? Whatever those things are, you're going to need to get good at, uh, you're going to need to leverage your strengths with the opportunities that present themselves. And, you know, the vast majority of, of uh, audiences for B2B and B2C are involved in at least a little bit of those things, sure. and usually some social networks as well. And usually email is a powerful way to reach them too. And usually they're not immune to brand marketing, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to want to find uh, the opportunities and then execute on those. And you should you should lean on what you're good at, right? If you're a great writer, fantastic. That's a you know maybe blogging's for you, yeah, yeah. maybe content creation for you. If you're a great visual communicator, uh, things like Instagram and platforms like Facebook and Twitter are great things to put out visual content. Yeah. Maybe you're awesome at video and nobody else in your space is. That's an awesome way to communicate as well. Maybe you can write tremendously high-quality emails or share great things over email. Fantastic. That's a, that's a tactic for you. Maybe you're great in person, and so conferences and events is for you. That's mm -hmm. what I'm urging folks to do. Big time. Um, so so we think about uh, you know where, especially a small company, have a limited number of skills. You probably don't have an – you know if there isn't an expert video guy in the room most of the time, he's probably not hiding on floor six. You know, you probably know who's uh, in your company. So if you guys can crank out the writing, then let's see how we can leverage that and let's look at the people we're trying to sell, where are they tuned in for the most part? Maybe if, if that, those opportunities you were, you were harping to, uh, you know, are, are blatantly in video because we're in the kind of business where, like, by golly, that's where everybody's searching. Well, you know, even if it's not in our, in our ideal wheelhouse, it sounds like if we're going to lean into one social first, one social platform first, we might want to go with, that is so that's sort of what you're talking about like you know where where are they going where are they trying to find you um yeah should we a be a, bit. I mean, pandering to them a bit yeah I go, I go with you know i have kind of two big rules here you shouldn't you shouldn't invest in the things that you are terrible at uh unless you believe that to be essential to your long-term strategy got it you have to have some interest some um acumen for the investments that you're making otherwise you're going to fail for so long that your competitors will just surpass you, right? So unless you're a little good at video or a little good at social sharing, a little yeah, good yeah, at blogging, yeah. I wouldn't do those things. Now, that being said, uh, I also my, – my second thing is you have to ask yourself whenever you are producing any kind of content, content for search engines, yeah. content for social media, content for sharing over email, whatever it is, you have to be asking yourself, who will amplify this and why? If you can't answer that question, then don't make it. It is not worthwhile. If you don't have a phenomenal answer for, oh, if I create this incredible guide to, um, you know, scaling cloud infrastructure, I have these ten people who I know will love it and will share it once they see it. Yeah. If you don't have those ten people nailed down, if you can't name uh, at least a group of folks who can who will do that, 
Just, just forget. Don't, about don't, don't bother. Produce it. Yeah, yeah. Come up with another idea. Big time. Um, and to that point, and on the little second blip of the uh, the interview here, I'm really interested in who you admire here. You know, you've grown your own company rather swiftly there at Moz. Folks that have followed you, I remember the hundred Mozers post or whatever that was. That was a pretty cool one. Um, and uh, and and you've you know you have. Uh, Inbound.org, work with the folks at HubSpot and stuff like that. Who, who do you see as some great examples? You know, if I'm a startup and I'm looking to see, you know, who's murdering it with this? Who does Rand think is really cool that I should go watch? Who do you like for that? Obviously Moz, but um, any nice little case studies or snippets or brands that you think are just great? Yeah, um, I've been impressed with, you know, a number of folks when it comes to various kinds of marketing. Um, I'll point out a couple examples. So cool. one that I think has done a tremendous job um, with content uh, of all kinds, and that includes video, and uh, actually their email is incredible, um, and the content on their website is really good too, and that's Beard Brand. Um, Beard Brand. Yeah, Eric from Beard Brand just does a, a remarkable job, phenomenal email marketing. You know, it's, it's subscribe to their list and take a look at the stuff that he sends out. It's very impressive. Beard their Brand. Their YouTube channel is really good. Uh, their marketing overall is just great, and that's a crowded space. You know, men's grooming products is a. It's been around a long time. Yeah, it sure has. And, um, and b. There's a lot of you know a lot of competitors in there, but they have slowly and surely, through a lot of content marketing, social marketing, email marketing, moved up the rankings. And it's impressive to see that connection that they've made between SEO and these other practices. Nice. So their their emails are really sharp. I always appreciate nice e-commerce email that isn't obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. They're. Uh, Impressive. Eric really has a relationship with his audience, and you feel you feel that relationship whenever you uh, get those emails. Fantastic. So he's got those personas dialed in. Um, so okay, that's a good one. I jotted them down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, you know, another company that's um, very much very much impressed me uh, over the years is Orbotics, which is now called Spiro, right? And they make those uh, robots, the, the little rolling robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Spiro's done a great job. Um, another good one is Beta Brand, which is a, a clothing uh, manufacturer, and now they're becoming a clothing development platform, sort of like a Kickstarter for clothing. Um, and they've done a really impressive job with that too. What do you like with Spiro's content? Just so I can kind of figure oh, out what sure. to link yeah, to. Yeah, like, Spiro's really good on. Uh, they're they're very strong on video. I think they're very strong on branding. Uh, they've done some great guerrilla marketing. One of one of my favorite examples was when uh, President Obama visited the UC Boulder campus in yeah. Colorado, and the Sphero guys, uh, I don't want to use the word ambushed him, but sort of surprised him with a Sphero, and he started playing with it on his on, on their phone that they gave them, and they, they filmed it, and it was just incredible, right? Because, like, there's President Obama, and he sees the little thing rolling around, and he takes the phone, starts playing with nah, it. Yeah, that, that gets you points. No matter how you slice it, that's... Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Just N incredible how they did the planning and the execution of yep. that. Um, you know, I think they've done some remarkable business development, too, that's helped both their SEO uh, and their, their brand awareness. They're a great example of a brand who built up search volume from a place where there wasn't any, right? No one was searching for spherical robot. tiny spherical robot. No, nobody was. Um, what did what did that business development look like, just out of curiosity? Oh, I mean, our folks are often in emerging tech. Sometimes they're not spaces that are super hyped up with 50 other products. What did that look like for them? You know, so I, um, I haven't talked to their BizDev folks uh, very much. I yeah, know the CEO there yeah, a, little, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say one of the things that's been impressive is just the results from that, right? So they've made inroads with, um, first with places like uh, Brookstone and some other specialty stores, Got and it. then a lot of 
toys and game stores, and they've also made relationships with um, uh, web-based um, toy stores and robotics places, and so they've just earned a ton of promotion and links yeah, and branding yeah, yeah. from being in all of these other places, and I think that's a, that's a really impressive thing. They started with just a great product that was that's sort of interesting in and of itself, and then they leverage the interestingness of their product and the uniqueness that they provide to go and build all these relationships that have helped them amplify the reach of their brand. Got it, and turn it into something that somebody might want to go on Google and friggin' find if they could. You know, Absolutely. if you run into it in enough toy stores or see it in enough, you know, e-commerce, uh, you know, listings of new toy products, you might just start Googling small spherical robots. So goes to show that interconnectedness uh, right there. And then Beta Brand was the last, uh, or the, the last one you had mentioned. What about them do you admire, ad, admire most? We'll use them as kind of our last example for other startups to tune into and, and maybe try to model or look out for. Yeah, I think Beta Brand's done an exceptional job of crossing over between um, what their actual products are, right, which are shirts and yep. pants and yep. dresses, um, and the share worthiness of those products, right? They essentially, they ask that question, who will amplify this and why, ah. before they even make their product. Yeah, that's that's big deal, right? That's not even a blog post. That's like a, a shirt, a dress. That's more a real deal. Yeah, it's essentially saying, hey, you know what? Our viral content, our share worthy content is going to be our products. Yeah. And through that, they have really excelled. And, and I think their, their branding is remarkable, but so too is... Uh, the degree to which they bake marketing into the product. Uh, and you can see the success that they've had with that, right? Their rankings for all sorts of um, relatively generic terms is quite impressive. Uh, and so is the, a lot of their niche search traffic, right? Nobody searched for executive hoodie before beta brand. Yeah, existed. goodness gracious, executive hoodie for crying no, out loud. Uh, and they pulled off some impressive kind of uh, viral marketing with that too in business development, right? They got Mark, Mark Zuckerberg has been wearing his executive hoodie to a number of events. And oh so, man, you know, yeah, that's a that's a big deal for them. Gotta love it. Um, okay, great. So they they're uh, they've taken that core lesson. Before you create a darn thing, video, blog, and in their case, a product, who would amplify that? They've taken that to heart really well, and they'd be good folks to tune into on social and otherwise as well. Cool, yeah. Ray. Well, we're literally right on time. This has been great. Um, if people want to stay plugged in with you, uh, you know, Lord knows all the different places where, you know, you've been featured and you're posting stuff on a semi-reg. Obviously, Moz.com, they can check out what you guys are doing there. Um, where else can they go to stay sort of plugged into this stuff or maybe even to your insights? Uh, I'm most active on Twitter uh, and Google+. Plus. So Google Twitter, Plus. I'm at Randfish, and on Google+, Plus, I'm Randfish. Easy enough. Very good. Mr. Fishkin, thank you very much for being here on Tech Emergence. My pleasure. Take care, Dan. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, and be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. 
Um, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>